Hey, this is Mike. Uh, so last week we started talking about the Dick Tracy movie with Warren Beatty and Madonna with our special guest star, Lindsay. And we talked so much that we decided to uh, just make this two episodes. So we're getting an extra week's worth of content out of this. So uh, join us now for the conclusion of our Dick Tracy discussion with Lindsay. Your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your There's a, well, you know, I mean, uh, there's a lot of kind of comic strip things that happen in this, and they're, I think they're they're kind of fun when they happen. Like when Dick Tracy is beating up the hobo, and you know his whole shack is like jumping around, and um, <laughs> it's like oh, you know, I actually like occasionally because like this is a movie that does play things mostly straight, but there is, you know, just enough comic book goofiness to kind of make it like slide down a little better. Um, I just wish, you know, again, it's like, it's, it's, I, I wish it could have been, uh, a little bit more all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it's a weird movie. It is a weird movie. Um, yeah. Um, I think, you like, know, I've been, I've been holding off on listening to the why to the, uh, to the, what, what is the other podcast that you're affiliated with? Oh, um, are you, do you mean, like, have you seen this? Yes, I've been holding off on listening to the have you seen this episode about Dick Tracy because I didn't want to repeat anything they said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to listening to that after this. Um, well, they actually were uh, they were actually very positive on this film. They seemed to really mm. enjoy it. I think a lot more than I did. Um, I wanted to enjoy it, but, like, it was... By the end, I was kind of like, all right, look, um, the, the, there are a lot of problems with the fact that, like, None of these characters have a lot of development. Warren Beatty is just like kind of flat as Dick Tracy. He has no real needs or wants or goals or aspirations. He's just like more said the long arm of the law personified. Um, this this sexless uh, love triangle uh, doesn't really go anywhere because generally, you know, if you have a love triangle, the point is at the end they have to make a choice, right? But yeah. in this one, it's like, oh, Russ Mahoney is dead. Well, that solves that problem because she gets killed. And then Dick Tr Warren Beatty is like he stares at her, her, her corpse in confusion and then kisses it like he makes out with the body. And then he goes outside still wearing the dull surprise expression and hugs Tess Trueheart. And that's the end. And it's like, huh? OK, problem okay, but you solved. Were still kissing her. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like how after the blank dies, now you can see the eye holes in the mask. Oh yeah. Um, as a kid, I was always like really confused by the blank because I thought that his deal was that he just literally had no face. Like yeah, he was born without a face, and I'm just like, I don't think that would work. 
I mean, I'm willing to accept a lot of these insane, you know, uh, deformities that you see in Dick Tracy. Like, okay, a guy could look like a rat or a guy could have, like, insanely huge lips. Yeah, that could happen. But you need a face to live, you know? I mean, there's an even growth. Not only does the blank, like, have a character... Not only is the blank a character without a face, and I should mention the mask develops rather... Yeah, like Mike said, in a rather uncomfortable anus-looking thing. Near the <laughs> but it's also, there is a Dick Tracy character called Wormy, whose entire gimmick is that his face is uncomfortably squirming. Like, <laughs> his face is just full of squiggles, like he's full of insects about to break out. It's honestly quite repulsive <laughs> so yeah uh we i think we discussed him a little bit when we were looking at um fearless fosdick and yeah mike oh, right. wasn't impressed yeah. i'm not no i'm not because it's like a look chester gold you've already got a a, a squirmy faced like villain his name is prune face so you're just repeating mm -hmm. yourself and also if you got a guy named wormy he should just look like a worm you know <laughs> he should just be a big worm he should look like the human worm and freaked I think it'll, well, I mean, at least he should say, you go be the warm face. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the element of this movie that most works, I guess, in the case that it does, uh, arbitrary rewards and general lack of punishment aside, is... Uh, Dick Tracy's relationship with the kid is yeah. actually kind of nice. It I is mean, kind of nice. There, I should mention that my friend uh, who saw Dick Tracy for his first time also c compared me to the kid Aww. after he first <laughs> saw it. It was mostly the eating montage <laughs> that influenced him, which, you know what, I, I'll talk to it. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> the eating no montage problem. is literally just this scene where we have you know dick tracy getting to kind of kind of live the life that he forsook for uh, to be a cop which is you know going around with tess having fun with this kid and every 10 seconds the kid says when do we eat and you know as a kid i found that annoying but now i'm like yeah same <laughs> yeah yeah you know watching it's it like, and eventually he just like he's like driving lovingly home with Tess while the kid is basically passed out in the back from a sugar coma. <laughs> and he also keeps telling the kid to, like, brush his teeth, which, as a kid, I didn't quite understand, but as an adult, I was like, he probably should be brushing his teeth more. He, like, eats five pounds of chocolate a day. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but this is meant to show that Dick Tracy is, you know, he's not just doing this for his own ego. It's just like he actually does have some investment in this kid now so yeah like you ate five malt heads for breakfast they are going to fall out of your head kid <laughs> yeah but... this is he definitely has more of uh more chemistry with the kid than he does with you know either tess or breathless mahoney like i think the one scene in that mo the movie that made me feel like genuinely like a little bit choked up like a little bit is when uh, uh, the kid, it's it's not the fact that the kid reveals he changed his name to Dick Tracy Jr., but <laughs> because that's kind of corny. But 
I think Warren Beatty, like, for all the talk we do about his non-acting and being stiff deliberately or otherwise, there is that moment where, like, Dick Tracy is, like, genuinely overcome with emotion and, like, he looks like he is going to, he, he looks like he is actually going to cry and he just says, like, yeah, yeah, it's a good name, kid. Like, that is, that was genuinely a sweet moment and I want to single it out for praise. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I mean, like, it could be a corny thing, but I think that Beatty manages to sell it through sincerity alone. Yeah. Well, he is, you know, he is, you know, famously charming, and I guess mm-hmm. he can turn it on sometimes. This this movie, uh, may, maybe the issue with this movie is he was like, look, I gotta be a tough lawman. And a lawman isn't, like, charming, so I'm going to just, I'm going to power through in the only way, you know, that, that I know how. And this is his attempt at being, like, like kind of a tough-as-nails cop, and it just comes across as him, like, mostly not acting. But, um, you know, when he comes for a more, uh, a scene that requ- that actually requires a little, a, a little bit of different emotion, he can pull it off. He can do it. We didn't talk much about the kid himself. He's played by Charles Corsimo, who actually was in a string of uh, these kind of movies in the early 90s. Because not only is he the kid, he's also the he's also the son in What About Bob? And uh, he was the and he was the son in uh, and he was Jack, the son of Peter Pan in Hook. So he did a lot of stuff when he was a kid, and then he and then he seems to have. He's gotten a degree in physics from MIT and then went to Yale and joined the Federalist Society. Ooh. And now he's working at a Barry Goldwater fellowship thing, which, ooh, double ooh. <laughs> and, oh, and he was nominated as a member of the Board of Trustees for the Barry Goldwater Scholarship and Excellence in the Foundation Program by freaking Barack Obama? God damn it, Obama! <laughs> well, it, this... We've all got to reach across the aisle. <laughs> Whether that means like confirming, could you ever reach to your a... own aisle once in a while? God. <laughs> Whether it means like a Supreme Court justice that's like uh, one for you, so you can in turn endorse one for me, or that means just like uh, saying like, "Hey, uh, kid for book, you did a good job." <laughs> well, let's just say it seems like the kid, Dick Tracy, he really internalized a lot of the the messages that Dick Tracy had about law and order. Yeah. <laughs> and he took those with him. And to how his... people that look different are bad. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. That's one thing I learned from Dick Tracy. During uh, his, like, part of, uh, part of his, like, induction into the Federalist Society in Yale was, like, he wrote a letter describing himself as being kidnapped by a tramp and no one double-checked it. <laughs> we need to take a stronger stance on the homeless problem. Yeah, and then, and then they're like, alright, that's good. Now piss at the Geronimo skull. <laughs> and again, I... you know, speaking of uh, bad guys that look bad is, you know, one thing that I kind of like about the Dick Tracy comic strip that never shows up in any actual Dick Tracy media is that you know, sometimes the grotesques do reform and become good guys. Influence became a good guy, and so did Littleface. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I, Steve the Tramp notably yeah, did become true. like yeah. I think he I think he lost an eye as well. It's like <laughs> I definitely remember a picture of him with an eye patch, but he did reform. Although I haven't uh, read those strips in particular. Yeah. Well, I believe and, in this he, and of course there are like other supporting characters that were that were um, absent. I I would imagine like. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine, like, a film with B.O. Plenty would be kind of excruciating. <laughs> yeah. But let me, uh, let, me pitch, let me pitch you guys something. It's Listen. 1990. Tony Curtis as Diet Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. I mean... I've created a car to take you to the moon, Tracy. <laughs> now, wait. So, if this had been, yeah, if this came out in 1990, then a sequel would have come out come out around 92, 93. Yeah. Jim Carrey as Putty Puss. Hmm. I mean, He's like the I, only Dick Tracy character with any kind of powers, and also the only Dick Tracy character left alive after the <laughs> valid. Yeah, they really, they really were not expecting a sequel, I guess. Because, yeah, like, every... Everyone's dead. They killed them all. There's no more crime in uh, Chicago. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, so we, we just got all of the criminals into one building and blew it up. <laughs> Why didn't we think of that before? Actually, I also... We, uh, we bulldozed uh, Steve the Tramp shack in the Hooverville, <laughs> and we dug a mass grave. <laughs> <laughs> Does, uh... So, yes, I know, uh... Uh, Warren Beatty, Dick Tracy, um, beats the shit out of Steve the Tramp in this. Does he die? Mm. I don't really know if it's established. No, he just sort of clobbers him, and he remarkably durable in the comic strip. Like he he chases after that kid for years. It's actually kind of awesome. I have to uh, commend him for that. And then he marries the kid's mother. (laughs) Oh, I think actually my favorite deaths in this movie um happened very early when uh flat top just mows down you know um i think it's with the brow and uh uh little face and some other guys rodent. i think the rodent um i'm not sure who the fourth one is um but you I know think stooge is in there oh stooge oh, okay where they like you know they just they just he just comes in and like you know uh murders them all gangland style and then the cops come and they're like we don't know who these guys are there's no idea on them. We just don't know. No one can identify the bodies. Let's say it again. Who, who, who are could these? this guy with the little face be? <laughs> yeah, who could he be? It's like, oh, we got a look, look. We got a guy with a little face, a guy who looks like a rodent, a guy with a huge brow. We just don't know who they are. Um, I was actually expecting Dick Tracy would be like, well, obviously that's the brow. He's got a brow. I know him anywhere because he's my arch nemesis. But Dick Tracy doesn't even seem to know who these guys are. So they're like, oh, something's going down because all the freaks are getting got. But um, all right, Pat, Sam, I want you to look up uh, registries of experimental pregnancy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they say it so Speaking much. Of this scene, I, what, the flipper. What, do you know what is also delightful? Can what? we just talk for a moment about the eat lead Tracy message? It's so <laughs> well done. It's like he stenciled it. <laughs> the kerning on the font is just amazing. <laughs> Flattop does not get the, uh, you know, the, uh, the his due, 
for his amazing penmanship. He really, he really should have been a ballistic calligrapher. Uh... <laughs> a balligrapher. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, is Flattop Yushi just a stooge? Because I thought he was his own guy, but I guess he's a, he's a goon in this movie. Apparently he... he does a lot of stuff, and there have been a lot of flat tops. Hmm. The flat top family is uh, varied and notable, and I could spend another hour talking about them. <laughs> um, I was kind of disappointed that he didn't talk like Peter Lorre in this version. Yeah. Because, you know... Oh. He... Can we talk He's... about the movie posters? <laughs> I, I showed this to Ethan. A uh, couple of days ago, it was like it's a very dramatic, uh, like sort of uh, washed out, bold colors picture of like just uh, like big boy looking at the camera, and there uh, and there's a little quote that just says like "You just said goodbye to oxygen," and <laughs> I posited to like Ethan. What if this was what was hanging in every college dorm room instead of the Scarface poster? <laughs> <laughs> every well, it would be more appropriate. Every college dorm room where everyone is doing autoerotic asphyxiation, you know. <laughs> There's Just another like, one with like William Forsythe's flat top that has his classic immortal line: "Eat lead, copper," <laughs> <laughs> and one with like. Beatty as Tracy, like talking to his wrist radio, saying, "I'm on my way." Which they tried to make a catchphrase, but yeah, that was the one that I that was the one that I saw, and I got excited. I was like, "Ooh, it's a new Eddie Valiant movie where he does something else." <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on my way. Is really, yeah that 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 was not going to happen. Great um, catchphrase. Um, and there's one with uh, Breathless Mahoney saying, "Mind if I call you Dick?" Is that really? Yeah, yeah, I gotta share it. <laughs> oh, man. Apparently um, they made, like, even more for the film's anniversary, and you can, like, find, like, the anniversary posters floating around with other characters. It's weird. Yeah. My favorite is the one that I think it's itchy saying, 30 seconds, no more dick! 30 seconds, no more dick! <laughs> I, itchy in particular was annoying, but I did Instant appreciate bottom that. surgery. Like, like, during the poker scene, you instantly know all of these dudes are bad even before you see them because they sound like freaks. <laughs> like, oh, look at the pretty little pussycat. And they, like, all have... It's not just your stereotypical gangster accent. They all have, like, very weird cartoony variations on the gangster accent. <laughs> I really want to know who dubbed this movie because I think there might be like I think Walker Edmonston is and Hamilton Camp are like credited on the movie itself so it's like and the Micro Machines guy plays yep. a uh, a radio host so it's like was Walker Edmonston doing like some uh, unofficial ADR work for this as well because <laughs> there are some excellent cartoon voices Hmm. Oh, apparently. Oh, apparently there's an there's an adaptation of this movie, uh, graphic novel by Kyle Baker. I gotta find that. I did. I didn't know that. I did know that, and I read it. It's 
it was fine. I think it <laughs> might have been. I think it it was either. It was a while ago I read it, so it might have either been an adaptation or, because you might be thinking of the novelization of the movie, but I mm. think there was also like a sequel that was illustrated by Kyle oh, really? Baker, and I think had an albino villain, but I can't recall much about it. It was good though. Oh. Is there anything else you uh, you fellows would like to bring up? Oh. Yes, here. I have something special for you. What? What is it? It's Trick Daisy! <laughs> oh my god, what is this? What, what this is, is a comic... This is a comic insert from uh, 321 Contact Magazine from the Square One Puzzles and Games section. It's a math puzzle with T Tracy characters. Wow. <sighs> math is hard. <laughs> um, I do see that uh, they, they have Big Boy, though. Yeah. They have, they have Big Boy. They have, uh, quote-unquote, marbles. They uh, included the uh, kid in his insatiable appetite. <laughs> Made him sort of a Jughead character, which I appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they give him the jughead nose, clearly on pur and closed eyes, clearly on purpose. They um Oh and well, notice that this cartoon has something that the movie did not a black person. <laughs> oh yeah. Um they they updated it for uh nineteen ninety. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to assume there was a black extra, but mysteriously, both of his arms were broken and he was set on fire. <laughs> oh. Never showed up for work. Ah, ah what a... <laughs> we also have Flaptop here, who is significantly more disgusting than, fla than Flattop. <laughs> How do you keep the rain out? <laughs> he must have a latch. I also like how there's clearly a, a guy with a pizza for a face, too. Yeah, they're, they're very much getting into, um, you know, uh, that that one Daffy Duck uh, Dick Tracy parody territory. Yes, which I think was probably where most people remember Dick Tracy from by this point. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're saying people don't remember the 1990 Dick Tracy movie? Well, no, I mean, this is from 1990. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I have to imagine that was, uh, like, I, I don't know, like, a big-budget movie in, say, the 50s or 60s, instead of the, uh, because the, the Poverty Row Dick Tracy's were quite popular, but if it had been, like, and in the public domain, so I, that was part of what I worried when... Ethan said, uh, more by can't find the film was like, oh no, if, if I don't, if I don't direct into a link fast, he's going to watch Dick Tracy meets gruesome by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, therefore you can, you can safely and legally watch them for free on YouTube mm -hmm. or uh, in the internet archive, assuming that place is not shut down. I, I also found the, uh, I also found this movie there. Uh, but it's, uh, if there had been, 
I think if there had been a, a movie in the like in 1960, just as Dick Tracy was beginning to cool off from its uh, like total cultural peak, like uh, the fifties kind of marked the point where it started to get a little dull. Uh, and I think if there had been a way to capitalize on immediate nostalgia rather than try to create nostalgia, because the thing is, once upon a time, Dick Tracy was more well-known and more widely read than Batman. And by 1989, the reverse was true. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's kind of an uphill battle getting people interested in these kinds of characters. Well, yeah. Um... Well, if I came to you and said, uh, "Hi, I'm Warren Beatty. I'm about I'm in '93 or so, and I would like you to uh, make my Dick Tracy two movie," what plot would you give it, uh, Morgan? Um, I would probably. <laughs> I would, uh, I would do like a Dialogue Destiny thing where half of it was, uh, like, de-aged Warren Beatty with like, it's the same croaky old voice. <laughs> I have to get like a body double, but part of it would also be like, uh, those cold opens at the end, at, at the beginning of like every young Indiana Jones episode. Ooh. It's just like hundred year old indie being inconvenienced at a grocery store or something, and then he remembers when he fought with like uh, Pancho Villa or whatever. <laughs> ah, the the Young Spaghetti Factory Chronicles. But no, I want to see a Dick Tracy movie that deals with all the stuff that they completely vanished from history about moving to the moon. <laughs> oh, we're talking like the the Moon Maiden saga. Yes, this whole story about how Dick Tracy had basically, you know, he'd been like kidnapped to the moon or something, and then his and then Junior marries a woman from the moon, and then almost as soon as America lands on the moon in real life, they move back to Chicago, and Moon Maid trims her uh, antennae, and we never talk about the moon again for another forty years. Sometimes the moon stuff comes back, but sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> wow. Well, um, I guess they were trying to like they're trying some new stuff out with the concept. Yeah. But then it turns so out they're... there's no crime on the moon. So what's the crazy going to do there? <laughs> oh, how could I be on the moon and in such a bad neighborhood? <laughs> well, Dick Tracy. I don't think it's as good as Fearless Fosdick, honestly. It wasn't as entertaining. You, you know, yeah, I don't think, you know, sometimes, this is why, as I've, you know, I've often said, I end up watching the parodies of things before the original, and the original never goes as far as the parody, so it tends to not be as much fun. Yeah. So, yeah, just as I feel Spaceballs is ultimately superior to Star Wars, I feel that Fosdick is ultimately superior to Dick Tracy. <laughs> I mean, Fearless Fosdick once defeated a villain named Bombface by uh, like holding him by the feet and pointing him like a gun at his own gang, destroying their <laughs> habitat. <laughs> it's hard to top that. I think the Tick did that once. 
It is a very tick type thing. Tick tick tack thing. <laughs> yeah, he he was fighting a villain called Pineapple Pococo, and uh, he he pulled his pin. Oh, I remember that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Well, Dick Tracy, 1990. Um, do we have any final thoughts about uh, Warren Beatty's um, uh, labor of love here? Oh, Morb, tell us about the uh, made-for-TV specials. The made-for-TV specials are a thing that's like, the first is to hold on to the rights. The second, I speculated, may have been uh, to distract from some uh, ongoing legal action that was also happening at the time against Warren Beatty for pretty serious crimes. But... Oh. Yeah, like, it, but I think it, that was kind of a miscalculation because Warren Beatty is also massively egotistical. <laughs> Supposedly, like, he's the one that You're So Vain is about. Oh, really? I Supposedly. thought that was Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, this was like, I think it was like a thing of, oh, I've got to distract from my trial and everyone's following the latest happenings and uh, travi- travails of Warren Beatty. I've got to distract from this somehow. And all he did was draw attention to the fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because nobody thinks... Nobody uh, over the age of 70 thinks about Warren Beatty regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... What they do is, like, it's just, like, this, uh, in, when it, with the 2010 special is weird enough, he's, like, interviewing himself as, like, Dick Tracy's like, hey, I hear you're pretty liberal. But <laughs> by 2023, it takes on, like, a sort of strange cadaver sign-on pageant, pageantry to it, like... To see like this, like this fucking ice mummy, desiccated by wind and time, uh, <laughs> just like swimming in this giant yellow coat. I, I, I don't know. Like Dick Tracy's greatest enemy is time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I mean, that isn't isn't it for everyone, for all of us? How ironic. So did anyone just about out of time? Did we just, did anyone go to see this movie in theaters and see it paired with Roller Coaster Rabbit? Uh, I did not because I would not be born for two years. No, sorry. Oh, beg your <laughs> pardon. <laughs> uh, I think we missed the cartoon, and I was like, "Darn, that was what I was looking forward to." <laughs> I um uh. Uh, I, I knew that it was happening. I mean, I remember it being, like I said, the big media blitz, but I did not actually see it um, mm. until I watched it for this podcast. Oh, really? So really? you hadn't seen it before at all. Huh. So I guess it wasn't that big of a blockbuster if Mike hadn't seen it. Well, you know, if I don't know it, then it's not it's not worth knowing. It's, what mm. I, it's my attitude. I think my <laughs> final thought on this is it was... An interesting experiment, but it was like mostly an experiment. It's like it, people don't make 
movies like this. Uh, I mean, obviously, people not so much anymore as ever did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people will always make movies that focus on the visual component more than the story. But yeah, I mean, that's case, a, and that's okay. Movies are images moving. It's okay to have a, something that's focused on the visuals, but. You know, I think people want something different. Mike and I often decry how everything is sort of made on the algorithm and built around save the cat. And this is a an example of something where there is no real plot progression. It's it really is just kind of bang bang shoot 'em up, chasing back and forth a lot of a lot of the way. It's very idiosyncratic, and I suppose in that way, I have to. Uh, respect it. It's very much a film that stands in its own kind of micro genre. Yeah. Is, um, is this part? Is this part of the uh, dark uh, puppet movies uh, genre? <laughs> um, I I would not really classify this as a dark uh, a dark puppet comedy. Um, mm. it's, it's not really a Michael comedy. J. Pollard looks kind of like a ventriloquist dummy, but that's not the same thing. Yeah, like I think the fact that th there's a lot of prosthetics, but it doesn't it doesn't have the vibe of a, of a puppet movie to me. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's like Morb said, it's kind of its its own thing. Um, whenever I think about it, I always think it's closest to um, uh, yeah, like Sky Captain and in, in, in feel, yeah. but. I don't know. I don't know. It's like yeah, kind of a whiz bang nineteen thirties, uh, an attempt at reclaiming the uh, the action serial um, feel, but on Wikipedia it's described as you know sort of a road not taken as comic movies go, and you know I I can understand the appeal of making your comic movie more like a comic, but sometimes you go too far. You know you don't need to include sometimes the word balloons. <laughs> Yeah, there are, like, certain limitations inherent in the format. Yeah. Um, Both uh, limitations uh, of film and limitations uh, in a medium of uh, serialized print. Yes. Yeah. I always think of uh, what Scott McCloud said when he described, when he shows a image of one guy going, Now you die! And cutting to a far, a... Uh, a zoomed out shot of just somebody screaming with a bill with a building in the background and Scott McCloud describes it as I may have drawn somebody with a knife raised but I didn't I didn't decide uh, I'm not the one who decided who screamed or why <laughs> that was your murder you picked your you held the knife and picked your spot <laughs> and that's something you can't do in movies you know because people are gonna be like well we never found out you know who, who stabbed who yeah, it's like, wow. Um, yeah, and Cinema Sins is going to ding you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because movies can show so much, we expect them to show everything. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, you know, um, I you really have to admire the, the effort uh, put into making something very unique here uh, with the prosthetics and the lighting and the, the matte painting sets. Um, even if it doesn't always work it is really spectacular yeah. to look at i just wish that the acting and the story had kind of um made it so that you know by the end i wasn't like yeah i, I just i don't care i 
I can't watch any more of this because yeah. nothing I interesting. Like, uh, like the little Abner musical, I would put this in like the realm of a spectacle and a curiosity that if you're really interested, see it once. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. You should see it, but I mean, there's a reason that uh, we have the uh, the MCU and not the DTCU. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it will be interesting once um, Warren Beatty uh, passes on and the rights to Dick Tracy uh, go to whoever. Um, yeah. Whether I we're going to, I guess. Yeah. Whether whether we're going to get some sort of uh, another attempt to bring Dick Tracy back, and what that's going to look like in you know a post twenty twenty society when we have you know everything is kind of. Yeah, algorithmed and marvelized, um, and also just the bringing back something like Dick Tracy is going to be very weird nowadays. When it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, oh yeah, um, you know, those the the police, you know, the police, those guys that just like murder people randomly. Actually, Dick Tracy kind of does that, so he's the perfect yeah. police guy to bring back right now because he's just like a real <laughs> policeman. <laughs> he just loves killing people. That's it, Tracy. You've gone too far. Six months suspension with pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's a dust job. <laughs> uh, I, I'm imagining like a little baby Tom Holland as Dick Tracy. And it's like, <laughs> he's got the jawline, but he's two feet tall. <laughs> Are we as... Are we as a uh, a society ready for like a short king Dick Tracy? <laughs> I guess I didn't really have any uh, conception of his height. I, I yeah. mean, if maybe he kept he, he's been playing a high school student like on the verge of college for about like ten years now. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Um, nice well, work if you can get it. Shoot. As long as uh, I think, as long as Dick Tracy's taller than whoever you get to play Big Boy, it's it's gonna work just fine. Yeah. yeah. We can leave Big Boy out of this one. He's not that interesting. Oh, I mean, I guess who is Dick Tracy's Joker? Is it Pruneface? I always feel like Pruneface is the big one. I, I think we just associate that because of the Simpsons. But oh, you know, I, right. I, I think yeah. I well, I guess Big Boy probably is, but Big Boy was defeated so early on that no, you know, he doesn't really have a arch nemesis. Mm. And maybe that's one of the things that makes him less than Batman. Well, we'll, uh, they'll just have to make one up, you know, like how Moriarty is like, Oh yeah, he's Sherlock Holmes, arch nemesis. Oh yeah. How many stories is it? I don't know. One. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So from now on, uh, Dick Tracy's, uh, Dick Tracy's rogues gallery is headed by Stooge Viller. <laughs> well, you know what? They should bring... Oh, what's his name? They should bring... Um, uh, no, better yet. Stoogeville. A guy who's a literal city full of criminals. Yeah! yeah. Should, I was going to say, they should bring back... Uh, what is it? Cheater McGee? Like Meet Dave. Who? Cheater McGee. Or whatever Cheater his name McGee? is. The guy in, uh, who is only in the cartoon. 
Oh, oh yeah, oh the the smoker guy, yeah, yeah. Oh, he'd be good actually. Yeah, the, you know, there's the element of mystery. You have no idea who he is. He could be any of the others, for all you know. Oh man, well they should if they bring back Dick Tracy. Of course, we will. Uh, I will be very interested if they have uh, Joe Jitsu and uh, Gogo <laughs> Gomez uh, appear in the movie because that's going to go over real well. <laughs> Um, uh, everyone was clamoring for that, but then again, everyone was clamoring for Dick Tracy too, right? People are like, we really want to see that awful dog, that awful dog that has the that bobby hat. Oh, we, we love that horrible dog. <laughs> oh, ah, the sh the show was terrible. The movie was nothing to write home about. You know, Dick Tracy really has just been coasting on the fact that nobody pays attention to what happens in the comics. That's true. That well, is true. Uh, that's kind of a strength. Uh, that's kind of a strength in the comics is like seventy five percent of it is boring manhunt stuff, and then you just get to the criminal doing something absolutely despicable or dying in an ironic pseudo Freudian way. It's not. It's not always that ironic. I think like. Like, didn't Flat Top get, like, his... He got, like, stuck on a nail trying to swim out of uh, prison and drowned at high tide? <laughs> and it seems like his his fitting end should have been, like, I don't know, a, uh, a buzzsaw came loose and uh, knocked off the rest of his head or something. <laughs> like, it turns out he was just hair and sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really remember how... I remember them dying all the time when I read the comic strip, but um, it was it was really kind of a letdown because it's like, oh, Dick Tracy just has the unluckiest rogues gallery ever, you know? Yeah. Actually, My... that's a problem. He has no arch nemesis because he just kills all his villains, you know? Like, Batman knows, yeah. look, you can't kill the Joker. You need the Joker, you know? Um, but, like, Dick Tracy is like, fuck this. You're dead. Crime doesn't pay. My... Some of uh, my friends shit, and I have I ran running through all the good villains, and now I'm stuck with Mister Bribery. <laughs> <laughs> my friends and I have a uh, running uh, joke that uh, Dick Tracy is actually a superhero, but uh, he doesn't like to like to uh, brag about it because his power is to summon rats that eat you. <laughs> I forgot about Get Mask, dude. That was a good day. <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was a good uh, strip to send Dick Locker off on. Wait, wait, did he actually get eaten by rats? It was the Gimp Mask guy that got eaten by rats. Oh my god, they mouse-towered him. <laughs> Hickory dickory dock. <laughs> they, uh, they swarmed over him, and then all that was left was a single screw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I did not like that when I was a kid. I did not like that movie. I was like, this is not the movie I was promised when I went to see a movie about dinosaurs. No. <laughs> what, you wanted more of Jay Leno alien? Uh, oh, did Jay Leno play the alien? Yeah. Oh, that wow. was... Wow. Oh, Back look, when nobody knew who he was. I was just... Look, when I went to see a movie, I was like, oh, there could be dinosaurs. There's probably, like, 
I bet they get frozen or something and they thaw out and they just run rampage, you know, around New York or something. You know, that sort of thing. And instead it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a lovable time-traveling scientist and I've decided to make children's dreams come true. Which dream? Well, they want to see dinosaurs. Really? Okay. I guess. I guess that's... I guess... What other dreams can... Okay, wait a second. What other dreams are you are you capable of making come true? Because you're kind of limited. If you just this is you have a time machine and a magical brain enhancing cereal. I mean, I guess that's your thing. It's like, oh, what are kids wishing for? I wish my parents would get back together. Ah, I can't do that. Here's a dinosaur. You know? <laughs> oh my god, what a terrible movie. Also, I like when it's like, oh, let's you know, Doctor Screw Eyes. He runs his evil circus. You know, people like to be scared. What a bunch of freaking weirdos those people are. It's like, uh, like it's really like. That movie is really down on people liking to be scared. Like, it really goes on about, like, these people are sick in the head for liking to be scared. It's like, you took okay. That personally. I did. I did. Because it was like, what Quick, the fuck, Martin Steven Short Spielberg? Clown. Oh, I hate the, that clown. Uh, the plot's unraveling. Pull a I, bunch of stuff out of your pants. Oh, I hate that clown. I hate that clown on a visceral that level. That sequence is interminable. Oh, God. And we're supposed to be, like, charmed by this fucking clown. Why is he even in the evil circus? If it's an evil circus that's scary, and it's like, I hired this clown, and it's like, I want to be funny. Oh, you can't. You got to be scary. Why are you here? Why don't you I go get like a... the job interview alone probably raised some red flags. Exactly. Like, like what's your... Uh, like, uh, okay, you're the ringmaster. What's your name? Uh, Professor Screw-Eyes. Well, I'm leaving. <laughs> it's just like, well, you know... It's like, well, why don't you get a job at, like, a normal circus? Like, which is every other circus. You're at the one circus in the world that's evil. And it's like, nah, well, you know, I don't know, good benefits. I don't know. Then, then he, he's like, he makes that big, I'm sorry, in the middle of the act, he does that really, like, um, you know, ostentatious quitting. And it's like, that's, that's, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? It's just tacky. God. Oh, that clown fucking ruins the movie, but the movie sucked from the... We're talking about uh, We're Back, a dinosaur story, by the way, for anyone who's yeah. just joining us. This we is... Yeah, we haven't... Uh, we, we, we didn't we suddenly get into a big, cool. weird subplot of Dick Tracy out yeah. of nowhere. We, we, we've exhausted it. It's like, uh, you know, say what you want about Dick Tracy. At least there wasn't that fucking clown in it. Uh, <laughs> God. Anyway, yeah, I remember seeing that movie in the theater and being like, "I hate this. This movie sucks. This is like blatant false advertising. I don't care about fucking. Oh, look, there's a sad little rich girl and an orphan running away from home. Just what are they doing in this movie? We were that we were just supposed to be watching fucking dinosaurs. Show me the land before time. That was how you make I a dinosaur. I don't want to watch movie. the one that sounds like Lisa Simpson and the backwards cat kid. Just. Give me the fucking dinosaur. Yeah, give me a fucking dinosaur. It's like Steven Spielberg was like, oh, I want to make a movie where some... I don't care about anything except that there's a scene where the dinosaurs are dancing and in the background you can see that there's a movie theater that says Jurassic Park on it. I want that because I guess yeah. people don't know that Jurassic Park exists. Anyway, that was the 90s Did you ever read the picture you. book this was based on in the first place? No, I didn't. Wait, this was a picture book? Yeah, it's based on a book from 1987. I, I read it. It ran in uh, Cricket Magazine in, uh, in its entirety. Uh, did they change it a lot to make the movie? Oh boy, did they ever! Yeah, and uh, yeah, the first yeah the first book was kind of ended on a cliffhanger with the dinosaurs just living in the Natural History Museum and going, "Well, what's next for us?" 
<laughs> is uh, is Doctor Screw Eyes in it? Nope. Oh, good. There's no that'd be a, that'd be a sort of weird holdover of the book, like that sort of children's literature villain that you feel obligated to keep. But they invented him. Yeah. The no and uh, the. The Jay Leno alien was actually another uh, dinosaur who had had his uh, brain enhanced and was sort of bringing it, bringing it to them as a free sample. What oh. was his opinion on Doritos? <laughs> <laughs> he loves them. I mean, uh, he um, that was that was his real claim to fame was when he was in Doritos commercials. Everybody loved him then. <laughs> no. Then they. Then we got, uh, the, do you remember, sorry to, to derail again, but speaking of this time period in America, um, do you remember when uh, Johnny Carson was retiring? Well, no, neither of you remember this. You were babies. Um, uh, more of you were probably, you were not even born at this point. Um, but, uh, um, you know, Johnny Carson was retiring, right? And the world, and America was waiting with bated breath who would replace him because this was like a super important thing back then like everyone was like losing their minds about whether it would be jay leno or david letterman and <laughs> it's very weird living in 2023 and thinking like yeah that that was a thing that like was important like people cared about it you know like oh no which which celebrity will get a talk show it's like, my God, that was been the monoculture, you know, and then they made a yeah. movie about it. They made like a movie about this, this issue where they have like, I don't know if the actors aren't very good, but they like ha have a one. They got a guy with a giant chin, you know, to yeah. play Jay Leno. Um, anyway. you know how offensive that is to people who actually do have giant fake chins. <laughs> Uh, it was a terrible movie too, but I do remember because they were like, "We remember that these are funny guys, so have them do stuff, and then everyone will laugh and pretend that it's funny." So the whole movie is just them doing things, and like everyone is like, "Oh God, David Letterman, Jay Leno, you're so funny, you funny people." Anyway, that's a movie. About, anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Uh, sorry to uh, waste your time. To get Lord. it back to to get it back on topic. Speaking of <laughs> giant fake chins. Uh, <laughs> I strongly urge everyone, as a parting shot, to look up the makeup tests for Big Boy Caprice because he originally looked like Sylvester Stallone as drawn by a child. <laughs> I think uh, probably we should, um, should we end it on that? Send everyone off with some homework? Yes. Oh, oh wow. Oh, I found it. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Oh, well, at least he looks like the character from the comic strip now. Wow. <laughs> no way, no way. I understand why. <laughs>